At Sandy Spring Bank, we care about people, not transactions. So we concentrate on creating personalized solutions to start or grow a business that provides for your family, to purchase a home that will house the memories you make there, to save so you can enjoy today and then pass on your legacy to future generations. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash real. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.
What's up, all you night owls? We are broadcasting live from sunny Southern California on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. We are also streaming to Mixcloud and YouTube tonight. I want to welcome everybody to the Jess Rogie Show. I'm Jess Rogie. You know, guys, this is a show. We hang out. Try to find out more about the world, the reality that we live in. Let me give a shout out to Austin, who bought the show three coffees. And a shout out to David the Polar Bear, who bought the show three coffees. And if you guys want to help su- support the show, you can donate at buymeacoffee.com. Just search Just Rogie. Also, guys, I want to give a shout out to all the patrons. We got Russ, Barb, Clown Baby, Tommy G, Anthony, and Serge. And yes, we are turning the camera on tonight, guys. So boom, there we are. Let me get through some of my notes here. But if you guys can't support the mon- the show monetarily, there's also free ways you can support the show. You guys can share a post on social media. You can like a post. You can repost the content, uh, retweet the content. Oh my gosh. Didn't turn my volume down on my phone, guys. That was the mixed cloud notification. But you can also tag a friend or, you know, share it with a friend who may like it. Word of mouth really helps, guys. If you speak positively about the show, that helps too. And if you guys want to follow me on social media at the Jess Rogie Show, or you can check out the Rogie, uh, the Rogie Report, JessRogie.info is the website. Also, guys, Joe has been working on the fringe dot or fringe.fm website. If you go there, go to live shows, click on the Jess Rogie show. You can see my page there. It's really awesome. And if you like shows like this and all the other amazing shows we have here on the Fringe FM, you can help support the station by clicking on the donations tab. If you head over to fringe.fm. Also, guys, if you want to help the station grow, we're looking for help. Looking for things like, you know, like I used to do the news here on the station, guys. So you too, if you like the news, if you're a news person, it's a great way to, to you know, get your work done, get it out there, get the exposure, you know, and get the practice in. <clears throat> I did it, um, did it for about two years here and it was really great. And you do a three, no, five, three minute segments daily and it's a lot of fun and it keeps you up to date with what's going on in the world. But that's not all. There's also, we need writers for the website, for the Fringe FM magazine, too. So if you guys head to fringe.fm and check out the About page, and see maybe there's something there that you might be interested in. Let me drop that in the chat for you guys. Boom. Also, so I have an awesome show planned for you guys tonight, but real quick, we're going to hop in and say hello to everybody in all the chat rooms. we got three chat rooms going on tonight, guys. We have the Fringe FM Discord, the classic chat room. If you guys love Discord, you can head over to fringe.fm, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and there you'll find a little invite to the Fringe FM Discord. Or you can head over to Mixcloud, Fringe FM, just search Fringe FM on Mixcloud. We are live over there too. Hello to everybody over there in Mixcloud and over here at YouTube. We have, let's see who's hanging out tonight. We have David Gosling. What is up, David? Hey, Sarah, my flock. Who else is in here? Bonjour, Sylvain. Thank you for hanging out, my friend. Let's see. Chris Jones. Howdy. 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 We got 
Angel Wings. Hey, Angel Wings. What's up, Daryl? Thank you for hanging out tonight. Tonight, guys, we're going to get in something. Get some get into some fun stuff with the eclipse being yesterday. I think it's kind of the perfect time. So what we're going to try to do is what we've been doing, guys. We're going to do the interview the first hour. And if you guys have questions, put them in the chat. We'll save them. And in the second hour, we'll start to get to some of those questions. Unless the question really pertains to what we're talking about at the moment. So tonight, guys, tonight, tonight, let me tell you about my guest. I'm so excited. She has a beautiful name, too. Constance Victoria Briggs is a metaphysical, spiritual, cosmic researcher, writer, and public speaker. She's the author of The Moon's Galactic History, A Look at the Moon's Extraterrestrial Past and Its Connection to the Earth, The Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries, Secrets, Conspiracy Theories, Anomalies, Extraterrestrials, and more. Encyclopedia of Un- of the Unseen World, the ultimate guide of to apparitions, dead beth dead ugh, gosh, death bed visions, mediums, shadow people, wandering spirits, and much much more. The Encyclopedia of God, an A to Z guide to thoughts, ideas, and beliefs about God. The Encyclopedia of Angels, an A to Z guide with nearly four thousand entries. Constant has been an invite, invited as a guest speaker on several radio shows, podcasts, and YouTube shows, discussing topics such as angels, extraterrestrials, ancient aliens, life after death, after-death communication, out-of-body experiences, moon mysteries, and more. Shows that Briggs has been featured on such shows as Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. She's also featured in the popular Shadows of Your Mind magazine and the UNX magazine. Briggs was also a presenter at 2021 Total Disclosure Inner Truth Summit and the 2022 Watchers Talk Humanity Unplugged Conference. It's Briggs' goal to investigate the mysteries of the universe and how they connect to humanity. Constance and her, Constance and her family make their home in Southern California. So I'm going to give a warm welcome to Constance. Let me make this a little bigger. Hi, Constance. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Jess. I appreciate being on here. I'm really excited. You reached out to me and you're like, Jess, have you done a show about the moon? And I was like, no. And I'd like to. So please come on. Please tell us a little bit about the moon. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions. It's so mysterious. But before we get into it, how did you get into it? What is your background with the moon? Right, coming from someone who was writing about near-death experiences and angels, you know, you can, <laughs> it, it's a, it, was, it was a stretch, right? But, yes. um, you know, I've always been um, curious as to the idea of, you know, what else is out there? Are we alone in the universe? Are there extraterrestrials? Um, where are all of the UFOs coming from, et cetera? Um, so I had started my own research and investigations, but it wasn't until a little book came across my desk and it was titled um, uh, The Spaceship Moon, Our Our Mysterious Spaceship Moon. It was written by uh, Don Wilson, um, who was a ufologist. I have not been able to find that author to save my life, Um, but this book was written in the 70s. And I read this little, this little book, and it had a lot of information in there about the astronauts and uh, things that they had, had, that they had encountered. 
And I was fascinated and I was dumbfounded because the information that he had in that book, I had never heard of. I did not know until I read that book that there was so much uh, going on with the moon. Um, that, so I wanted to uh, continue the research. You know, this was written in the 70s. It was, um, oh, it was just a, a small, you know, guide that had some information, but I used it as a jumpstart to learn more. And boy, I mean, I went from having a curiosity and, and saying, oh, that's interesting, to uh, realizing how, how serious this actually, actually is when it comes to uh, moon mysteries. So, so do you think, so let's, I guess let's start at the beginning, right? What is the history of the moon? Because there's a right. couple of things, right? I'll let, right. I'll let you know, because I know you know the moon better than I do. <laughs> so, so I thought tonight that I would basically tell the moon story. Just like Earth has in history that we're, we're all learning about, you know, um, you know, it has a galactic connection. There are UFOs flying around. There are uh, people who, who believe there are extraterrestrials visiting us. The moon has its own thing. It has its own story. And so I'm, I've decided to continue that st story <clears throat> and inform people, as we know. So first of all, I would like to say that the moon is not what we have been taught. If you think about it, in our day-to-day -day lives, people are not paying much attention to the moon, all right? And this is because we have been taught, excuse me, I'm losing my voice a little tonight, so I apologize. Um, we have been taught that the moon is a dead rock. It's just a dead rock in the sky. Um, yes, it's helpful to the earth in, 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 in life-saving and life-giving uh, aspects. But beyond that, there's nothing going on. There's nothing up there. That's what we've been told. That could not be further from the truth. The, the, the moon is not a dead rock in the sky. There is a lot going on up there. Um, uh, I think that if I go back to um, our history, I'm gonna start with the history of, of the beginning from ancient times. There, um, there was a belief, of course, from the ancient people that the moon was a god and that you know they and they worshiped it but there was also a time before the worship of the moon when there were actually philosophers who wrote down that before there was a moon in this there was a time when there was no moon in the sky there was a time that venus was the only uh light at night it was the brightest, not only, but the brightest light at night, and there was no moon. We have um, several philosophers who have mentioned this in their writings. And um, I'm, I'm here to say for people, people uh, tell me, okay, you know, no, that's not true. You know, the moon has always been there. And I, I'm here to say that, you know, the philosophers of old are people that we have listened to. We've adopted their writings. We've learned from them. And so if they said, if some of them said there was no moon in the sky, 
The Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo are bringing consumers more choices with less sugar than ever before. From sparkling, flavored, and bottled waters to zero-sugar sports drinks, teas, and sodas, consumers are taking advantage of these choices. In fact, nearly 60% of beverages sold contain zero sugar. To learn more, visit balanceus.org. One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. Join thousands as we journey over 16 miles from dusk till dawn for a night of hope and healing while raising funds and awareness for this important cause. Register today at theovernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's 888-843-6837. Then I take it seriously. I think we should listen to them. Something was going on that they didn't find it. So one of the philosophers wrote specifically that the moon didn't exist. And there were people at that period in this world that were was in the um, ancient Greece, Greek, Greece, <laughs> ancient Greece area. And they were named the Arcadians. And these people... Uh, existed before the Egyptian history, the Mesopotamian history, which was the beginning, you know, of our of our ancient history. They go back before that. They go back before uh, the worship of Jupiter, which is so far back. And they said these people were wild. They lived off the earth. You know, they they uh, you know they were feral, um, and they were the Arcadians. So I find it interesting that there was a time. There, that there was no moon in the sky. But not only did the Greek and some Roman philosophers and writers state this, as we move forward um, in time, we, we find a sun gate in Bolivia. It was, it's called a sun gate. And it is an ancient relic, uh, stone relic that is still standing in an area of that of Bolivia that was once an ancient observatory. So this, this gate is a large wall with a doorway. It has symbols and writings that tell us that the moon wasn't always there. And it tells the story of the moon coming in. And it, it says that, that when the moon came in, it caused havoc on the earth. There were earthquakes and storms and, and, all, and, and all kinds of chaos, of course, because you know it was large and it, and it came in. And it tells a story. I, for one, don't believe that the ancients were playing a hoax or just you know, marking up graffiti and making up stories. They went into great detail. So it, that follows the line of the ancient history of what we know about the moon, that it, it says it wasn't there and that, that it was brought in. Now, you know, I, I ask people to, you know, they can look at the Moon Mysteries book um, and, and get that information. The Moon Mysteries book, I just want to say very quickly, is an A to Z guide and it's designed to be easy to read. So you can look up Olivia or the Sun Gate 
or uh, the philosophers and see what they said very, very readily. So I suggest that, you know, for more information, even if you don't want to get the Moon Mysteries book, just, you know, Google it or, you know, or uh, do your own research and take away from this what you want to believe. I, I'm walking away believing that that story that the moon was brought in. So, and they, they're saying 12,000 years, the sun gate said 12,000 years ago, which kind of falls into that same period, interestingly enough, of the uh, destruction of Atlantis, which is a, another show and another book, but it does fall into that same time frame. It's funny, um, we joked a little bit about Atlantis last night too. So this fits in all perfectly. It's all perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is another show. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's all, you know, connecting all those those little dots and, 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 you know, that's what we have to do in this day and, and age and trying to piece all of these things together. But um, so I just want to say that the origin of the moon, since, uh, you know, we're, I'm saying that people have said that the moon was brought in. I grew up thinking that we knew how the moon was created. <laughs> right. Um, I was, you know, so very surprised and i and i've heard on on television you know in the recent past where they they said uh the moon was uh, they know how the moon was made and it you know it's it's just they i was so mad it's not true they don't know all of the theories to how the moon came to be have been discounted they had five theories two of the most popular was the capture theory they thought the moon was captured um, by, you know, Earth's gravity and pulled in and, and, and stuck and, you know, and that's how it came to be. Um, they thought that a planet perhaps uh, smacked into Earth, a, a planet uh, the size of Mars smacked into Earth and, and then when it hit it, it said that all of the, uh, the debris flew out into space and, and that's what formed the moon. But they don't know. And if you go on NASA's website, they say, oh, well, you know, we, we have a theory that may have happened but you know, they are not committed to it. So we don't know. And maybe the reason we don't know is because it came here in a way that they could never have imagined because we haven't gotten to that point of examining exactly what's out there and you know, how you know, even we came to be exactly. So anyway, so we don't know how the moon came to be. Scientists have put forward a number of hypotheses and have dismissed them all. So, um, so it's interesting, then what is it? What is the moon? Uh, if it's not, if it came in here, then is it a natural satellite or it's not a natural satellite? So there's a, a um, in my new book, I'm, I'm a Star Trek person. And <laughs> this just reminded me of an episode uh, where da Data, uh, if any of you guys are Star Trek followers, the character Data was saying, yeah, are you? <laughs> are you Jess? I, I'm a little bit of Star Trek. I'm getting into Star Trek, but I know we got a lot of Star Trek people in here too. <laughs> well, Data was looking at something and he was saying to to Picard, who wanted an answer from him of what they were looking at, he says, The beginning of wisdom is I do not know. I do not know what that is. Yes. And I really feel like the scientists although some of them may not admit it, they don't know what they're dealing with. Because I'm going to get into it a little further, 
it is different than what they thought it was. Once we came to the technology that we could send up probes and we could send up men and we discovered, you know, what it's made from the, you know, when we did the studying of, of, of the elements of it, they were like stomped. They, they don't know what it is. So anyway, I'm going to move a little further and I'm going to tell you, uh, give you a couple of my favorite quotes. Yeah. There's uh, the American author Isaac Asimov. Yeah, asked, I love it. Do you like yep. him? <laughs> I have the foundation books in this bookcase behind oh, me. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, this is his quote. He said about the moon, what in blazes is our moon doing way out there? It's too far out to be a true satellite of Earth. It's too big to have been captured by the Earth. The chances of such a capture having been effected and the moon then having taken up a nearly circular orbit about the earth are too small to make such an eventuality credible but then if the moon is neither a true satellite or of the earth nor a captured one what is it <clears throat> excuse me pardon me please Yes, no problem. Take a sip if you need to. I know your voice is kind of... <laughs> I don't know what happened so fast. It happened to me last week. Wow. I kind of had this thing and I was like, <laughs> and I'm like drinking tea. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Planetary scientist William Hartman states in his book, The Origin of the Moon, he said, neither the Apollo astronauts, the lunar vehicles, nor all the king's horses and all the king's men could assemble enough data to explain the circumstances of the moon's birth. Therefore, I go back to, we don't know what it is. It came in from where and what is it? So that's the beginning of my story of the moon. Moving forward, um, I'm gonna have to back up a little bit, but I'm gonna go right to the spaceship moon theory because there were, two Soviet scientists in the 70s uh, who put their reputations on the line to give their opinion of what they thought the moon is. They put out this information. Um, they, were, they worked for the Soviet government. They were big deals. And they concluded that the moon uh, was created by advanced beings thousands of years ago and was brought to the Earth. They based their idea um, off of the uh, information they got from NASA after the astronauts went up. They looked at the fact that uh, the moon is, is, is hollow. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's hollow. Some people say it might be hollow. I believe it is hollow. Um, they looked at the fact um, you know, that the um, astronauts sent the ascent stage into, knocked it into the moon crashed it into the moon a couple of times and the moon reverberated. Uh, that's where we hear uh, the uh, saying, the moon rang like a bell. It's that's yes. when that happened. And they decided, uh, not the Soviets, NASA said that the moon appeared to be hollow. And they had a press conference where they said it. So it's not a conspiracy theory that it's hollow. It's not a hoax that someone made up. 
is something that actually NASA said. The Soviet scientists looked at that data and was collecting, you know, this information and that's how they got involved. And the Soviet scientists also looked at the fact that the moon dust and material that they brought back, the astronauts brought back from the surface of the moon, uh, which was made up of uh, chromium, titanium, uh, zirconium, and excuse me if I didn't say that both correctly, but um, they said that if someone were going to uh, create a ship and they were going to uh, send a ship out into space, these elements that they found on the moon would have would be what they would use to uh you know send the ship through radiation and heat and mm. having meteor bombardment and all of that but these were very harsh elements and uh so they concluded that it's a spaceship uh they believed that it had engines inside and and all kinds of other uh, uh things which i'll get to in a second but on the, but on the outside that it's uh, coated with this moon looking substance to make it look natural, to make it look like a moon. Um, a quote from the uh, Russian scientists, and I, I'm reading these because I just, I just find them fascinating. In their uh, Sputnik magazine, the scientists were quoted as saying about the moon, they said, it is more likely that what we have here is a very ancient spaceship the interior of which was filled with fuel for the engines, materials and appliances for repair work, navigation instruments, observation equipment, and all manner of machinery. In other words, everything necessary to enable it to serve as a Noah's Ark of intelligence, perhaps even as a home of a whole civilization with the idea of a prolonged, perhaps thousands of millions of years existence and long wanderings through space. Um, so they believed that the moon was hollow, that it had all of these materials inside and possibly a civilization. Oh, wow. I think that is a perfect place to take a quick break here. When we come back, we can talk a little bit. We can get into the next part because I, I feel like we might get into some civilization on the moon type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be right back. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with more with Constance Victoria Briggs. We are talking about the moon's galactic history. We're just talking about the moon. Is it hollow? Is it a spaceship? Stay tuned to find out more and don't you guys go anywhere we'll be right back My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. 
or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets, already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items. Like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only. Single item at regular price. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard. And they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. What are you doing late nights? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Jess Rogie Show. We have a new show title and a new time slot. Become part of the show by calling in and joining in on the conversation. We'll discuss a wide variety of topics, including everything from consciousness, conspiracies, current events, fringe topics, pop culture, and so much more. Let's see where the night takes us. Join us live five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Right after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Tired of talking about the weather? No shift. Well, Shift Happens is here to fulfill your desires. As you reach that point in life where you crave tantalizing conversation about reality, ufology, the occult, and the conspiracies within, while simultaneously finding yourself desperately in need of your very own theme music, which we've got plenty of that too. So be sure to tune in to Shift Happens every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific, right here on the Fringe FM. Because the weather sucks, and you need some theme music.
you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster or you suddenly can't breathe, maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clinically described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. Everybody, we are back live on KTLK. Oops, Digital broadcasting, Fringe FM. We are also live to Mixcloud tonight and YouTube tonight. We got Constance Victoria breaks, and we are talking about the news galactic history. Let me turn my camera back on, guys. Let's bring concerts back on. Oh, this is so much fun. So we were talking a little bit about, okay, so the moon's possibly hollow, right? And you were kind of alluding towards there might possibly be some people on there. Right. Oh. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Yes. I just had a weird kind of thing yeah, in my ear. Yeah, it just got really loud for a second, but I think it's okay now. Okay, are you okay? I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I I just wanted to mention um, something very briefly that's connected with the uh, Soviet scientists. At least I have, I've connected it. Um, uh, I I don't know that they knew this story at all, but um, so there was an ancient tale out of Africa uh, from the Zulu people. Um, you know, there's lots of stories uh, from ancient times on, on opinions of how our cosmic uh, planetary bodies came to be. But they said that the moon um, was a, they called it an egg. They said that this egg was hollowed out by two brothers that resembled reptiles Um and that they they took this egg and that they hollowed it out and they uh, sent it across the universe into Earth's vicinity, um, into well, into Earth's Earth's orbit, and that that is how the moon came to be. I mean, the interpretation for that is that uh, it sounds like they were saying that the, the this egg was maybe a planetoid that was uh, hollowed out, and you know turned into a machine that could travel, a vehicle, again, a, a ship. Um, I find it very interesting that, that that story sounds so interesting, so much like what the Soviet uh, scientists are saying, you know? So um, 
So what happened between uh, the time that the moon, if, if it, you know, was elsewhere, uh, you know, and it, it was, it was coming here, what, what would have been a reason for the moon coming in? Could it have uh, been filled with the civilization as the Soviet uh, scientists, you know, in thought? Could there be beings inside that were maybe trying to escape uh, a, a catastrophe on their own home planet? Could that be the reason that it would be hollow because it has people inside? All right. Um, there are, you know, there are, it is said that the moon does have, you know, crevices and, and um, uh, areas inside of it, you know, you know, just like the, the scientist said that where, you know, people could be having a whole civilization inside this thing, and, you know, we would never know it. So uh, in my book, I talk about you know, uh, the, the moon being possibly an inhabited alien world, um, the, the possibility that the moon very well may be um, a foreign country on its mm -hmm. own with uh, people inhabiting it. And I'll tell you why I'll get I'll just get into this. Um, when we sent astronauts to the moon and before that when we well, forget about you know some people don't believe the astronauts went so i'll say you know also when we sent up uh lunar orbiters and, and probes to the moon uh in advance and when we had astronomers here you know before nasa was created there were astronomers watching the moon back to you know the the beginning of uh the tel the creation of the telescope there were astronomers studying the moon and if you go you know go back that far to galileo then you're talking about astronomers that saw things moving across the moon lights moving across the moon objects moving across the moon above the moon um, and there's not supposed to be anything up there there are accounts where they saw a mist uh you know implying that there was some atmosphere there you know clouds you know, again, implying the same thing. Um, so astronomers, as far back as, you know, when the telescope was first invented, were seeing all of this weird things going on. And they concluded, unlike, unlike our modern uh, scientists, um, they concluded that the moon was inhabited. And it was at that time a scientific fact for them that the moon had people on it, just like Earth. And then, you know, they said they had mountains and valleys and, you know, and clouds, and th there was all kind of activity going on. Um, coming forward, when we uh, sent up our, going back to what I was going to say, our lunar orbiters and astronauts, and they took pictures up there, they found all kinds of structures, partial structures, whole structures, and so, of course, there had to have been a civilization there, either inside the moon, outside the moon, or both. We don't know, of course. It, you know, goes back, you know, billions of years, you know, the moon's history. But how do these structures get there? If, if, if they're real, I mean, there have been books written about them. They are, they can be found in NASA pictures. Um, there are documentaries about these structures on the moon.
So it has a history. There were people. Today, people are not looking at this because they have no idea. Until they hear this information, people don't know to go and look out there and know that there, there are books on the market that, hold, that have old pictures from, from the lunar orbiter showing structures on the moon. And you can even Google, if you Google pyramids on the moon, you're going to come up with some pictures of pyramids that were taken by the lunar orbiter. So, and it wasn't just structures, I should say, there were pyramids. They were things that looked like they were from our past, our ancient history, which means that quite possibly whomever was on the moon had a connection to us because the structures look so similar. Um, so yeah, that's how I've made that, you know, extraterrestrial and, and moon connection, because we have structures here that are on the moon that look like it could be a, um, a mall here. I mean, you can see in some of these things, you, it looks like, uh, doors and, uh, uh, ways for, you know, like train tracks and, and walls and all kinds of things. So yeah, who, if they're. Was there a civilization when the moon came in, or was the moon uh, hollow and then a civilization found the moon and came in? We don't know. And that's some of what I talk about in my book. Is the moon um, a Noah's Ark? And when it came in, did it release some people and they came to Earth? You know, are the beings that may be on the moon a part of us? Are whomever may still be on the moon, as the Soviet scientists said, there they may be inside. Are they there watching Earth? Because uh, there are what used to be lunar inhabitants now living on the Earth. If you know, it, you know, it's, it's a thought and it's a theory. But someone, someone made those structures. Where did they come from? Um, the, uh, there is a theory that the moon is a mechanism that was put in place by extraterrestrials not to necessarily have a civilization as we know a civilization on Earth, but a base of mm. workers that are there to observe Earth and help Earth. So it is kind of a civilization, but that's more of a, a kind of a base or colony kind of theory. Now, what do you think the um, the pyramids, the function of the pyramids on the moon is? Is it just simply to like? Is it simply just something in common it has with the planet Earth, or is there is there some connection there that you've been able to find? So this is what's really interesting. Um, wow, there are. I I think that there is a connection between the moon and the Earth and Mars in our ancient past because of the design of some of the structures, because of the pyramids, I think that we had this connection. You see, we had, according to some ancient writings, and some of you out there may have heard about the Indian Sanskrit writings and some other ancient writings that said that man had a higher technology at one point in our past in our ancient history, and that we could fly. And some of those writings say that we would leave, that the gods would leave Earth 
and go to the moon and beyond. I think it was Shiva, the god Shiva they were talking about. But what's interesting is not only did they say he could go, they gave detailed um, blueprints of the uh, ships. And it talked about even the, the power that the ships ran on and that they went back and forth. So if they were going back and forth, they, you know, we could have had, you know, people there who put those pyramids on the moon or the extraterrestrials were coming back and forth and built the, the pyramids and for whatever the meanings of the pyramids are, because there are a lot of theories, you know, that some believe that they are power centers, some believe that they are markers, some believe that they are tombs. Um, there are lots of wonderful researchers looking into that, but that would be the connection that we may have had the technology at one point to fly into the stars and back. And that Atlantis too, speaking of Atlantis, uh, there is a um, story out there that says that part of the territory of Atlantis was the moon, that they had, mm. uh, yeah, that they had a, a city up there and that Atlanteans, if you, be, you know, believe in Atlantis, you know, that, that these Atlanteans were able to fly and, and that they could come back and forth. So I think, I think that there may have been some space travel uh, connected between Earth and the moon and Mars. Not only that, but in uh, South America and some of the deep jungles of South America, they um, found uh, cities that, that looked like they were destroyed by nuclear bombs. On the moon, there are craters that look like they came from a nuclear blast, not meteors or meteorites, meteors. <laughs> um, <laughs> was there a war? Was there a, a Star Wars, you know? Because where did those um, nuclear bomb craters on the moon come from? Where did the evidence of there being a nuclear war here up, you know, excuse me, <laughs> I'm sorry. No problem, no problem, totally understandable. Please take a sip, take a moment. <laughs> I'll fill in here for a moment while you do that. Yeah. You know, I think it's really interesting. And I don't know why this Atlantis is coming up so much lately with everything. Well, at least yesterday, we've kind of been bringing up Atlantis. And there's a tie to Atlantis. And I, you know, because we don't really know. So it's like anything we kind of hear is kind of interesting to take in and kind of take into consideration as far as like Atlantis and the moon goes. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, story for me, too. Um, I had started writing a book on Atlantis, and um, ah. I, came, I came across that story. It was, it was just fascinating. Uh, so there may have been a, a war. I can't believe I'm losing my voice, really. I know. I'm. It's so bad, and we're just... <laughs> we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Hopefully it's okay. Are you going to be okay? You, you got to... I know it's hard, because this happened to me last Monday. I had um I did a Halloween episode and I was like people are gonna call in and tell their ghost stories right, but just in case I had like probably ten pages of ghost stories to read. When we take our when we take our yeah. next break, I'll go get something. Maybe <laughs> yeah, a little warm tea. No, I was chugging the warm tea. We're about ten minutes from the break. Um, but yeah, no, I was chugging warm tea. Just kept drinking hot water because it would kind of soothe it. And, um, yeah, I had it, I had it last week. It was just kind of this weird thing. I don't know, maybe 
maybe it's either going around or you've maybe you've been you've been speaking a lot like I have. <laughs> I do talk a lot. <laughs> if you do a lot of shows and you talk a lot, then yeah, you can rest your voice. Yeah. Like I took the whole day off the show last week because um because my voice was so tired. And uh, I knew if I didn't, that I would have been done by Friday last week. Like, I would have been like this by the end of the week. So I took the day off. Nobody, I, I said, don't call me. Nobody call me. I'm not talking to anybody. I have to rest my voice for, for a day before I can go back. So I totally understand. I don't want you to strain your voice. I'm trying to give you a little bit of break here. So that's why okay. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank okay. You. Thank do you. it. Do it. Get into it. So, you know, with, this is what's really interesting for me. It's going, you know, back to my Star Trek obsession and fascination. Mm -hmm. So in my, uh, the Moon's Galactic History book, I kind of tied in this whole hollow moon civilization on the moon thing with the Star Trek episode that it, this whole thing reminded me of. So, um, in, 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 you know, this, this is where it gets extremely a little a little weird and interesting too so star trek was created by gene roddenberry as most most people know i don't know if people have heard that gene roddenberry at one time had been sitting in on channeling sessions with a woman who said that she was channeling extraterrestrials and um so he went at, with a group of people and he sat in and he listened to her and she said these extraterrestrials were on a ship, a huge ship, um, what we would call a city ship, which, by the way, some people think the moon actually may be a city ship where it has, you know, not just like, you know, people uh, living on it, but all everything you need to exist, including farmland, you know, to raise food and all everything. of this. Right. So these, these, these extraterrestrials were living on a city ship. They said they were from different worlds. They were traveling the universe and they were here to help. Yeah. And uh, it is believed, I don't know if he ever admitted it or said so, but it is believed that Gene Roddenberry got his idea from Star Trek from set, sitting in on those channeling sessions. And uh, not only that, but even some of the scripts that he came up with, some of the storylines are maybe based on some of that information. So how do I tie this into the moon? So yeah. there was, yeah, there was one episode titled For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. And in this episode from the Star Trek series from the 1960s, uh, Captain Kirk and his crew had to stop a uh, runaway asteroid that was heading toward a Federation planet. And so they had to beam over to this thing before it hit the planet to try to figure out how to stop it. Once they got there on this clearly clearly what was an asteroid, right? It looked like an asteroid. <laughs> so they get there and the first thing they see are structures uh -oh. on this asteroid. And then they discover that the asteroid is inhabited on the inside. 
this asteroid is hollow. And there is a civilization living in there that have been traveling all for thousands of years. There, it was a gen, what we call a generation ship where people have lived and died on this ship. And this ship was en route to a place because their world had exploded and it was en route to a new world. The people on the ship didn't even know it was a ship. Okay, they thought it was a world. And the, the captain was able to get into their computers, of course, you know, the hero, and figure it all out that, you know, it had been programmed, the ship, to take these people to safety. So my question is, did, how much information did Gene Roddenberry really know about what's going on? How much information did he get from those beings? Did he even know that the, the moon was hollow and that there was possibly a group of extraterrestrial beings inside. And I'll tell you something else. It's beginning to look like Phobos of yes. Mars. It might be hollow too. Yeah, God bless you. Pardon me, so, I just yeah. God bless you, God bless you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's beginning to look like, you know, not only is the moon like this, but there may be other planetary bodies in our solar system that are hollow. And there is a possibility that um, everything is connected and that it may be extraterrestrials who are running a lot of things here, not just the moon, but other planetary bodies that may have life that we just haven't met yet. Mm. So, so I, I just wonder, you know, it's this whole hollow moon theory with the civilization. Is this, was Gene Roddenberry, did he have art imitating life, basically? These are not things people hear about often. No. And this, I encourage people to go out, you know, and kind of, you know, look in, into this, you know, information because it is fascinating stuff, you know. No, it, it really is. And it just, it, it makes you wonder more and it makes you wonder about what is, what is the truth? What is the truth behind the reality that we live in? If we don't know the truth about the moon, we don't know the truth about our origins. We don't know the truth about the powers or the abilities that humans have. We don't know any of this because it's all been hidden from us. It's all been hidden. And, um, I know that, uh, in the case of, uh, the structures on the moon, there are some whistleblowers, they call them whistleblowers, they came out uh, in the 70s and said, you know, I've worked at NASA, I saw, you know, some cover-ups being done on pictures and all of, you know, you know, all of these things and they've, you know, written books about them. But, you know, even more than that, there are still pictures out there, everything wasn't covered up. I mean, I, I do hear that, you know, some pretty nasty remarks about NASA, and I guess, you know, yeah. reason, but I, there are some, there are still some pictures out there, and I'll get into, uh, you know, some of the things that uh, the astronauts witnessed while they Ooh. were up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we yeah. have about four minutes before the break. Okay. So I think when we get back, we can talk about that, but before that, um, let's see, let's see if we can talk, because that, oh, it's going to be interesting to get in the astronaut stuff. I don't want to, I guess, let's let's lightly get into it, kind of intro it. we got about three minutes, and then we can get into So I will say, I'm sorry, sorry, Hank. Oh, no, no, please. I will, I will say that, as an intro, it appears that whomever is on the moon have been watching us, are watching us, because the astronauts, every single flight 
Apollo flight that went up was followed by extra by was followed by UFOs. They all had experiences on the way to the moon and some on the moon. How did they know? How did these UFOs that were spotted around each of these missions, how did they know they were on the way or that they were going up? If we weren't being watched and the question, if we are being watched, then again, why are they watching us? Is it because we're them? Do they come mm. bring a civilization into Earth's vicinity? And this is just my theory. And then land them here? Or mm -hmm. are they, as some people wonder, that maybe it is a space station where extraterrestrials are watching us to gain data on us, to um, watch our, how we're growing um, or, or progressing? Maybe they're ready, you know, soon to let us know of their existence and invite Earth into a galactic community. How else would they have known if they weren't watching that these, you know, Apollo missions were going up? Not only the Apollo missions, but the Mercury missions had UFOs following them. Somebody out there was watching NASA. Oh, I got a good question for when we come back from the but we are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about the moon with Constance Victoria Briggs. We're talking about her new book, too, The Moon's Galactic History. So stay tuned, everybody. We will be right back here on the Jess Rogie Show, live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. Don't go anywhere, guys. Got a quick commercial break for you. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You just bought a home in the suburbs, but no one told you about all the birds, specifically this one, who seems to be calling out Roy. Roy. But who exactly is Roy? And why doesn't he ever respond? Maybe Roy is just bird speak for save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. I guess until Roy answers, we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard. And they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. 
With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. What are you doing late nights? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Jess Rogie Show. We have a new show title and a new time slot. Become part of the show by calling in and joining in on the conversation. We'll discuss a wide variety of topics, including everything from consciousness, conspiracies, current events, fringe topics, pop culture, and so much more. Let's see where the night takes us. Join us live five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Right after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Tired of talking about the weather? No shift. Well, Shift Happens is here to fulfill your desires. As you reach that point in life where you crave tantalizing conversation about reality, ufology, the occult, and the conspiracies within, while simultaneously finding yourself desperately in need of your very own theme music, which we've got plenty of that too. So be sure to tune in to Shift Happens every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific, right here on The Fringe FM. Because the weather sucks, and you need some theme music. If you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago, when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster, or you suddenly can't breathe, maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clinically described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. 
right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back live on KTLK, Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is the Jess Rogi Show, guys. Let me get this away here. Bring me back on here. All right. Tonight, second hour of the show, we are talking with Constance Victoria Briggs. We're talking about the moon's galactic history. Getting a little bit into what the astronauts have experienced there. Before we get into it, I do want to give a shout out to my flock, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, so much for buying the show a coffee. I appreciate it so much. Let's get Constance back on here. We only have an hour left, so we have to hurry now and get <laughs> So, yeah. So, may I ask a question yeah. from the audience? But, mm-hmm. Oh, man, now here we go. Now they're going to start dropping in. I told them in the second hour, drop those questions. So, if you don't mind, if you don't mind if I draw, give you a couple. Is that okay? okay? I'll, I'll try to answer. So Sylvain says, what does she think about planetary alignments with the moon? Okay, I don't, I'm not sure what that means. Okay. Planetary alignments. That's okay. But here's another one for you. Is Constance aware of the remote viewer Ego Swan and oh. his remote viewing on the moon? Yes, I am. And I'm trying to just... Google planetary alignment. See what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I'm not a planetary alignment person. I don't know a lot about all that that astrological yeah, stuff. Yeah, myself. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Okay, but I do know about Ingo Swan. Let's so, talk about Ingo Swan. Am I aware of Ingo? Yes. So um, I don't know what she she's asking me exactly, but I can tell you his story. Okay. Before we get back to the astronauts. Um, so basically, Mr. Swan was the uh, top remote viewer of his time, um, which I I believe that time was the 70s. Yeah. Um, anyway, Ingo, and I could be wrong. It could have been, I don't know what time he was at the top, but somewhere around there, maybe 70s, early 80s. But he was... Um, uh, hired uh, by a, or recruited, I should say, by a what is believed a government, secret government agency to remote view the moon. Jeff, have you heard this story? I have yeah. heard this story. Yeah. This story. So, so, and you know, the guy is pretty um, reputable because it was Ingo who first located that ring around Jupiter. And before our scientists did. So, you know, he's got credit behind his remote viewing. So they, they, they get him and they, you know, they take him to the secret location and they told him that they wanted him to, you know, tell them what he sees on the moon. And they gave him the coordinates. And I'm not a remote viewer, so bear with me while I'm trying to describe this. But they gave him what he called, I believe, co- coordinates. And he was able to go up and see what was on the moon. What he found were humanoid beings on the surface moving around doing work. Um, he, he saw humanoids. It looked like they were building something like some kind of laser. They were going about their work. I believe he said he saw factories, he saw buildings, and he was astounded. Um, but what happened is while he his presence or what have you, or 
uh, anyway, he was detected. He was detected by the beings on the moon and he knew that they knew that he could perceive them and they could perceive him. And he withdrew. And according to his book, he wrote all this down like 30 years later when he was you know, out of the contract of, of, of you know, not being able to talk. Um, they, they, he hid because he got, he was scared. He hid. He yeah. thought they could come and, and, and find him. I don't know what he thought they would do to him. But that was interesting because these beings apparently had, you know, psychic abilities. They were, be, they were able to detect him. So that's what I know about Ingo Swan. Fascinating person. Very fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about the astronauts and then Maybe before the break, we'll try to get in a couple more questions, if that works for you. Okay. So, basically, um, there are a lot of stories surrounding each of the astronaut missions. Um, one of the first stories I want to share with you is, um, well, it was Apollo, uh, Apollo 7, Apollo 8. I get them mixed up. One of those that hadn't had not actually gone to the moon, but you know, there prior to Apollo 11 going up, there were a lot of uh, trial runs, and it was Apollo 7 or Apollo 8 that went first went up, and they saw a big uh, UFO, kind of shaped like an angel or butterfly or something. This thing was white and enormous, and you know, they they had very crude ways of you know, taking pictures and covering things up back then. So they snapped pictures of this thing. And I believe that this this ship knew that they were out there. I don't think it was just lingering around. I think it was watching them, in my opinion. But they took pictures of this thing. Um, but then later they tried to cover it up with duct tape. That's a kind of a funny story. And um, there are literally pictures on the web of this thing where you can see where they tried to Oh, I have it in my book too, where uh, they tried to cover it with duct tape. But one in one of the pictures, uh, the UFO is clearly showing. So that was uh, one of the trial, what I call the trial run of going you know, to the moon. Um, the most famous story, and we have to get this out there, is that the Apollo 11 astronauts encountered something while they were on the moon. Not only while they were on the moon, the, the, the plot thickens with this story. We, we, yeah, we know it that, you know, we've heard that when they went up, they encountered something. Um, on the way, they encountered something. Buzz Aldrin wrote about this, and by the way, in his first autobiography, he wrote about a sighting of a UFO following them uh, to the moon. And then once they landed on the moon and the two astronauts came out, of the lunar module, um, they encountered spaceships on the edge, sitting on the edge of the crater that they were visiting. And uh, the story is that they got on the medical channel to uh, tell uh, Mission Control that they saw some, that they were seeing something. And the story is that they described uh, seeing ships, that the, the ships were big, that the ships were menacing, not only did they uh, say this on the medical secret medical channel so that the audience back home wouldn't hear it, 
but then people in their homes with their own radios were able somehow to pick this up, this dialogue. So that is a thing. It's become almost legend. But I'm here to tell you that there was a man named Christopher Kraft who started Mission Control. And when he, uh, after he left NASA, I mean, he worked very closely with the astronauts all of astronauts and started mission control but when he left he said uh he went into great detail in dialogue of what happened then and he and he corroborated that story he said yes they did run into extraterrestrials out there extraterrestrial ships that did happen and there is a whole long dialogue that he gives explaining it if you can't believe the man who created Mission Control, then who can you believe? So for a long time, I, I always tiptoed around this story saying, well, you know, you really don't know for sure, you know, if this has happened, it's, it's a rumor, it's, is it a myth? I believe it. But then I, re I found out that Christopher Kraft came forward and said this. So a few people plus him, plus the astronauts have said that they've, seen people now do you know do they are they humanoid what they saw do you know is there anybody any details as far as like what the beings look like so well when they talked about the ships they i haven't heard yet any astronauts say that they encountered this uh et that looked like this they said they they saw the ships I don't know if they ever saw the ETs in the windows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there is one story that says that uh, Buzz Aldrin encountered an ethereal extraterrestrial, uh, ethereal looking meaning, you know, this, this, this extraterrestrial was humanoid, but he was transparent. So I thought that was interesting. But there are... There are a lot of theories, and, and I talk about them a little bit, too, in my book, as to who they might be. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that it could be a variety of beings up there. This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? <laughs> no, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It could be the Grays. It could be, uh, you know, I think the Arcturians are close uh, in vicinity. Um, humanoid seems to be a thing throughout the solar system. If you uh, read the writings of people who have had ET contact, we call them contactees, they're always humanoid. 
Right. Um, not to say that they're all humanoid, but the ones that have been encountered either are humanoid or maybe they're wearing a hologram. Mm. That's interesting. That's interesting. That is uh, interesting. I heard that. I heard that recently from. Um, I was listening to an inter uh, interview with a woman who's uh, a contactee, and, she, and she's been giving just like Gene Roddenberry channeled. Yes, she, yes. She says that she gets information, and she said that there are beings right here on Earth, and they're in a hologram, so we wouldn't recognize the true form. But as far as the moon, I have a lot of theories as to, you know, who may be up there. Well, you know, our scientists have said no one can be up there. There's no way anything can live on the moon, even though we have now, you know, in our day and time, we see video of UFOs leaving the moon and they're going somewhere. And I just wonder where they're going. Are they coming here? Yeah. Are the, are the Tic Tacs from the moon? You know, <laughs> I mean, we didn't get very far out in the universe before we clearly ran into someone. And I'm kind of tired of you know the the idea of just skating around the whole topic okay we found structures oh there are structures on the moon oh the astronauts had these experiences okay we've established that someone's on them that something's going on now let's figure out what it is <laughs> right what's going on so yeah. do you think let me ask you this constance do you think because like we really haven't like we were supposed to have the Artemis mission go up there? Is do you, is there something to a reason why we really haven't been back since those Apollo missions? Yeah. So I mean, going back to what happened with the Apollo eleven astronauts, um, the you know, it, it is uh, believed that we were possibly warned off the moon, warned away from the moon. That they, you know, there's, you know, there's a rumor that they don't want us up there. I mean, they said that we didn't go back because of budget cuts and this and that. Mm -hmm. But they knew, they knew something was going on before they sent people up there. You know, there's this uh, book um, that uh, you can get on Amazon. It's from NASA. And it's a the tech, lunar technical report, and it gives details of astronomers going back to the 1500s, their names, their location, what they saw on the moon, lights moving across the moon, how long they witnessed it. This is before NASA sent anybody up. They knew about all this. And then before they sent the astronauts, the astronauts up, they commissioned an organization in D.C. And so that's where we get what we call the Brookings Report, if you've heard of it. The Brookings Report um, was an advice from, from a government agency. Uh, NASA wanted to know what to do if the astronauts were to encounter extraterrestrials on the moon. And I have that in my book, guys. I hate to keep playing, but it's yeah. in there. So, yeah, in the Brookings report, it said, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell society because it will ruin our society if you tell. So that's maybe, so um, I think that's why they haven't told us as far as why we don't go back. I think it's because they know someone's up there and we just, are you there? 
Yeah, I'm here. Can you see me? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. I see the book. Um, yeah, no, I brought the book up so people could see. I, I lost you for a second. Sorry. No, no. But um, yeah, so that's what they, they said. Don't don't tell us. And so there is a story that, um, you know, we were worn away and they don't want us there. I have to tell you my opinion, guys, on why that's that's why I eat that and we may not be ready as a society you know in the, in the government's mind maybe we're just not ready to learn the truth we keep going up there and poking around we're gonna you know people are gonna know they're knowing now if you go on if you can google you know some videos of people shooting the moon and 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 they're when i say shooting i mean filming the moon yeah. and they're they're getting ufos Right in the video, they're they're finding buildings that look like they're newly gone up there. There's um, there's two NASA photographs that look like there are humanoids in the picture. You can Google that one too. Humanoids in the pictures. I mean, so maybe also we're we're not up there because of the Brookings report, and also because the the, the extraterrestrials themselves may not want us to know because maybe they feel we're not ready and that's why we haven't been back. Maybe if Artemis goes up and it is successful, are we still really gonna know what they're finding? Are they gonna tell us? I'm not so sure. Not sure either. Cause if you even just think, right, about how much they've like, even about UFOs, right? They're like, uh, there's barely, we'll give you this much that we know. But that's only what they're telling us. But we know that they know because we know that they've been studying the UFO phenomenon for almost 100 years now. And we know that they know more about the moon, but they don't want us to know. It's why that they're hiding everything. Well, I tell you what, they, they can't hide it for much longer because it's just uh, with our technology and everything that we're you're seeing, you know, it's going to come out. I think it's going to come out soon. You know, I, I found it fascinating that there was a a writer from Israel. Um, he was uh, pretty high up uh, in the military. He's old now. And, uh, you know, he's got all of his awards and accolades. And he wrote this book and he says, I have nothing to, to lose by telling you there are, you know, we have people on Mars, there are extra terrestrials on Mars, and we have people there working with them. And he said that and he says, I have nothing to lose. He didn't need money from the book. The man mm -hmm. is well-to-do. He's got a resume longer than my arm, <laughs> practically. He didn't have to lie. So, but he said that the extraterrestrial stated not to tell any tell people uh, because we're not ready. So maybe that's why we really haven't gone back because we were told not to go back. We're not ready. I mean, I don't know. That's just my guess. Yeah, because what if like going back, right? And now with all the stuff that we know, right? And then it starts to open up, like, let's just say in theory, this whole like Atlantean mystery and it ties the UFOs into the moon and everything. So maybe they're hiding all of this because they don't want us to know where we really came from. I want us to know. They, I mean, they don't want us to know. I feel like we have, Oh my gosh, I, I, we've been lied to about a lot of things about our past history. There are things going out there. I mean, everybody doesn't encounter things on a daily basis, but uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are witnessing UFOs 
in the skies. Uh, these, whoever's flying the UFOs are not showing themselves yet, but they've got to be preparing for something. People are making, have you seen the, the videos? The UFOs around Earth, there's, I mean, they're all over the place. I have there's friends who've seen them. I have a friend, where is he? In West Virginia, right? And he just keeps telling me, he's like, Jess, I keep seeing them. And he's like, I keep taking pictures. He says, I keep reporting them to New Fork. But he's like, it's weird that there's such an increase in sightings. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I said, are you near the ocean or anything? He says, no, I'm not even, I'm way inland. So I was like, wow. So that, that's interesting. I always think of them as being so close to the ocean. Your friend or the UFOs? No, seeing the UFOs, yeah, because he said he's really inland. So I said, "Oh, that's interesting," because you're not near the ocean at all. Oh yeah, UF. Yeah, I was going to say we could get into the USOs, but that's another show too. That is another show too. <laughs> Maybe but, we can um, USOs, and we can tie that with Atlantis or something for another episode. Because I'd like to do an Atlantean episode. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> um, some of the weird, uh, let's see, I didn't cover for your audience yet, um, lunar transient phenomena, I did touch on it, which is uh, the lights that are all around the moon, okay? Yes. They've come in uh, all different shapes, colors. Uh, they have been seen in the craters. They've even been uh, seen during an eclipse. You know, you can see lights during the, on the moon during the eclipse. It's just weird. And NASA, you know, that sent people up knowing all of these things. I guess uh, they weren't worried about them. So the astronauts encountered a lot of that. Um, so the astronauts also encountered the pyramids. Um, they saw some structures. There's one story, Apollo 17. One of my favorite stories is that uh, the Apollo 17 astronauts went up. It was the last mission. And in that mission, they had their little, what I call the little dune buggy, the little mm -hmm. lunar car that they were driving. And so they're, they're, they're moving across the, uh, the moon and uh, the people back home are watching and Walter Cronkite is the broadcast person. And he says, uh, Walter Cronkite stopped and said, that looks like a man-made structure or object. And, it, and then the feed cut. Well, what he had seen, they cut the feed. What he had seen was a giant, what looked like a giant building. It was rectangular, looked like a big giant shoebox. And it was made from the same material that the moon surface was made from. And uh, they were off air for 20 minutes. When he came back, he kind of laughed and said, oh, NASA says that the little dune buggy, well, that's my <laughs> word, uh, took, a, took a picture of itself accidentally. But I have seen commenters say, oh, they remember that day. They saw a structure on the moon in one, during one of the, the, the landings. You imagine like just because that I mean, just to see like a rectangular structure like that, if I saw that live, right, then it would remove like all doubt in my head that there is something there. Right. Exactly. So I, you know, I wonder what else because I looked at up these two astronauts to see if they had any comments. I never saw any comments from them about it. 
even though it, you know, I have found that story. It, it's not a secret. I wouldn't have it. You know, it's out there. And uh, yeah, it was, that's pretty incredible. No, it it, it 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 just seems like they can't really hide it that much longer, especially if we kind of go back. If if people keep wanting to know more, okay, we got like three minutes before the break. Yeah, I'll give you a really quick. Uh, I don't know if this is quick or not. I want to give you some of the stories. Apollo ten went up. Uh, they were the uh, mission before Apollo eleven landed the astronauts on the moon. These guys were supposed to get as close to the moon as they could without putting people on it. But they, so they left the command module. The lunar module comes down. It's got the two astronauts down, down, and then it gets stuck in space. Ah. It got stuck. And um, it was touch and go. They couldn't get the equipment, one of the pieces, uh, the transponder to work. Uh, and they needed to get uh, a lock. And they couldn't get the lock. And they were panicking and they were calling mission control and mission control couldn't help. And they didn't know what to do. And then they saw something move out the window. They saw something go by. The scene goes by and the equipment starts to work again. And uh, mission control says they, they radioed control and they said, you know, it's, everything's working. And they said, OK, carry on with the mission. And they did. And they got home safely. And it, so it's theorized, of course, that whatever it was was able to somehow get those systems working from the outside on you know who knows what kind of technology they have um but they weren't allowed to talk about it they weren't allowed to talk about it once they came home but it's uh, others i wrote that um, others speculate that it was benevolent extraterrestrial beings that helped the crew by mysteriously repairing the stalled equipment Another possibility is that the UFO was emitting signals that were interfering with the radar systems of the Apollo 10. Uh, the nature of the UFO and its relation to the troubles of Apollo 10 are still considered a mystery to this day, but you won't hear about it if you don't do the research. Wendy's two for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam. Crispy nugs. Crispy nugs. Strawberry lemonade. Dave's. Dave's. Nugs. Nugs. Sam. Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price and participation may vary. In U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price. This week at Macy's, find your new favorite jeans with 40% off Levi's looks for him and her just in time for spring. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 15% off handbags and wallets already 40 to 50% off. And take an extra 10% off great furniture and mattress deals too. Plus, Star Rewards members earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. It's it's these it's it's and, and it's interesting that you've been saying this too. It's like a lot of this stuff is out there. You just have to look for it. And who's it's going not- to do that? We're trying to, you know, people are trying to go about their everyday bif- business and life. They're not thinking about this stuff, but they should. They should because who knows what's going to happen next, right? Something's mm-hmm. going on. 
No, if if anything, that is for certain. Something is going on. But let's hold that thought. We are on our last break, ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned. More with Constance. <laughs> right after this, we got more to talk about the moon, guys. This is such a fun time. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. This is the Jess Rogie Show live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. And guys, if you're in the chat room, if you got questions, put them in caps. We only got one more segment. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Musicians experience a lot of frustration with music marketing and promotion. They have no idea how to get their music heard, and they're spending hours sending emails, making phone calls, and hitting up their friends to promote them. With our industry-powered digital marketing platform, we can set up your media plan in minutes. Our team will automatically distribute your music across all the best channels, so you can focus on actually making the music. Submit your music today on our website at mymusicpromoter.com. That's mymusicpromoter.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. What are you doing late nights? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Jess Rogie Show. We have a new show title and a new time slot. Become part of the show by calling in and joining in on the conversation. We'll discuss a wide variety of topics, including everything from consciousness, conspiracies, current events, fringe topics, pop culture, and so much more. Let's see where the night takes us. Join us live five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Right after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Listen, as we explore the mysteries of the universe, the unknown, high strangeness, consciousness, and our human potential, Lighting the Void is an eclectic program that strives to ignite the late night with stimulating conversations. Join us on The Fringe FM. Tired of talking about the weather? No shift. Well, Shift Happens is here to fulfill your desires. As you reach that point in life where you crave tantalizing conversation about reality, ufology, the occult, and the conspiracies within, while simultaneously finding yourself desperately in need of your very own theme music, which we've got plenty of that too. So be sure to tune in to Shift Happens every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific, right here on The Fringe FM. 
because the weather sucks and you need some theme music. If you suffered in silence or experienced stress from a paranormal experience, even if it happened 20 years ago when thinking or talking about it today still makes you feel sick to your stomach or makes your heart beat faster or you suddenly can't breathe, maybe you even feel those old familiar signs of a panic attack trying to reach the surface. You could have unprocessed emotional responses. Those reactions of terror and trauma are no different than living through a horrible assault, childhood abuse, or a terrible car accident. It can be nearly impossible to find help. The very instance of seeing a ghost or encountering a cryptid could be clinical described as seeing or hearing things that aren't there. You could be considered psychotic, or at best, you're just not taken seriously. Out of a growing mountain of research, the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare showed that 8 out of 10 veterans who completed just 6 one-hour EFT sessions no longer tested positive for PTSD. If you've had paranormal trauma, you can contact Metaphorical Archaeology by calling 214-995-3754. Again, that's 214-995-3754 for a discreet consultation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back live on KTLK Digital Broadcasting. FM. This is the Jess Rogie Show. And we are live tonight on YouTube, Mixcloud, and Fringe.fm. Our guest tonight is Constance Victoria Briggs, and we are talking about the moon, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get her back on here because we are quickly, quickly running out of time. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. We were talking about some of the astronaut stories, but can I get a, I know we got a lot to get through, but David Gosling has an interesting question. He says the ISS orbits the earth, but the cameras are never directed at the moon. Do you have any thoughts on why this is? I can, you know, I can only give you my opinion. And, and I, I believe that they're not directed at the moon because there are things flying around up there and they don't want to shoot. They don't want pictures of them. The ISS has uh, been known to have UFOs fly by and, you know, they have been caught before they could get rid of, you know, delete them or hide them. Um, that's, that's a thing that's been going on with the ISS. Yes. And uh, so I can only imagine that they don't want to capture any of those things. Uh, on the moon, and they have to explain it. Let me see if we can get one more in here real quick before we get back in. Sylvain says, is there any re repeating elements that you have found associated with the moon? Repeating elements. Hmm. Sylvain, your questions are hard. Can you, can you re rephrase? <laughs> <laughs> Sylvain is from France so these may be a little bit translation that might be a little bit hard that when it goes to English so let's see if he can rephrase that for us so let's get back into some of the Apollo and the moon mission stories yeah I'm going right. to try to run you want me to run through them let's just do it we got like 22 minutes <laughs> okay I'm going to try okay so um, Apollo 8, um, on the way to the moon, 
uh, the astronauts were astonished to witness a fast moving circular shaped UFO that emanated a light that was so bright and powerful, they could barely see within the craft. As the UFO passed, their capsule pitched and yawed, causing the astronauts to nearly lose control of the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go in space with that. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo 9. Um, on March 10th, 1969, the crew had an unusual sighting. There were large, mysterious, cylindrical-shaped objects crossing the moon. The astronauts photographed them. Ooh. Did you get that? Large, mysterious-shaped objects crossing the moon. The astronauts photographed them. To date, there has been no explanation given as to what the objects were. What do you think they were? Do you think they were ships? Yes. Yes. I do. And not only, it's funny you would ask me that question because there are, uh, there's footage out there with what looks like fleets of ships leaving the moon. There's footage out there of, of what looks like fleets of ships moving across the surface of the moon. This was in the 60s, but I'm talking about footage that people are, are posting online today. And they said, we're seeing these things moving across the surface of the moon. If you have certain kind of cameras, you can get up, you know, a little bit closer. You know, they're they're expensive. I don't have it, but <laughs> yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Though those some people have like telescopes and they're able to like shoot through the telescope too to get like really good shots. I don't have that either. But I'm I know looking at it. Yeah, you should totally get that. You're a yeah. moon. You're into the moon, yeah. you should totally do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Apollo 12. Reports came in from observatories from around Europe. Okay, here's that, here's the um, here's the uh, mission where there were two UFOs uh, right here, not as they got close to the moon, but right here as the Saturn V rocket was taking off and followed them. Oh. Um, Reports came in from observatories from around Europe stating that there were two bright objects with flashing lights pacing the Saturn V. The following day, the crew communicated to NASA that they too had seen the two UFOs following their spacecraft. One of the objects was reportedly revolving as it flew. Eventually, both UFOs took off at a high rate of speed and vanished. The astronauts stated later that they believed that whoever was operating the UFOs were benevolent. UFOlogists speculate that extraterrestrials were watching the launch and were there to observe the mission. Yeah. Okay, Apollo 13 did not land, as we know, but according to the story, uh, when they were having their trouble in space, uh, the crew allegedly, allegedly received a communication from an extraterrestrial spacecraft instructing them on how to safely return to Earth. It is said that without the assistance of these beings, the astronauts would not have made it home. Uh, some claim that when they returned to Earth, the crew was told not to reveal the truth about what really happened in space. Now, that is allegedly, that's a story um, I took actually this one from my Moon Mysteries book. 
because the moon mysteries book has a lot of mysteries some of them were alleged some of them were true but because it was a mystery it went in but i do want to tell you that this reminded me of something there are a couple of accounts where the astronauts stated that they heard strange language while they were out in space all Ooh. right there's a couple of accounts in the not the galactic book uh, but the moon mysteries one where they heard unexplained uh, language that uh, could not be uh, transcribed. You know, NASA are interpreted. NASA keeps transcriptions of everything. You know, I tell people, for people who think that it was a hoax and a conspiracy theory and all of this, I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a huge hoax because they have <laughs> thousands of documents of all of the transmission reports because they, they you know, they recorded everything up there and so yeah. they couldn't they they thought this language on some of these and they can't figure out where what it was obviously it was extraterrestrial um apollo 14. while on the moon the astronauts took pictures that revealed a number of mysterious images oh including strange blue lights and anomalous objects so he there are apollo 14 pictures out there where you see these I don't know what they are. I guess maybe blue UFOs. Uh, this just this strange lights, blue lights uh, around the near the astronauts. We don't know what they were. They weren't, you know, stars or anything. They were. They look like little lanterns, but they could have been big. I can't tell from the pictures how big these things were. Um, Apollo fifteen. One. Count states that astronauts David Scott and James Irwin, while working on the surface, were nearly struck by a mysterious object that streaked across the lunar sky. It is unclear what the object was or where it came from. Yeah, just, you know, interesting little things like that. Uh, Apollo 16, the Apollo 16 astronauts reportedly witnessed mysterious flashes of light while they were in orbit. On another occasion, as Ken Mattingly went about his duties on board the, the command module, a weird light suddenly appeared and streaked quickly across the horizon. It disappeared behind the moon's surface. Wendy's two for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, if you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only, single item at regular price. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? <laughs> no, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's so weird, right? Because you think about, like, if there's these light anomalies happening there, then where is the light being generated from, right? Right. You know, there, there was a lot more than that, though. I mean, where I'm, you, there's a little, you know, these are little 
tidbits and you would think that you know obviously someone was generating the lights we have there are pictures of the astronauts on the surface one of them has a huge ufo over it there's a huge light over the astronaut with clearly something above him shining this light down on him all right there were um structures that they that they saw that is uh detailed in their transcriptions of um, buildings they call crystalline structures, how pretty they were, um, uh, things like that, monuments that they were seeing. They saw a lot of things, but they never talked about them. But you can find the pic some of the pictures are still out there. So amazing. It's so amazing because, you know, I take the moon for granted. I'm just like, the moon's there. Sometimes I think about it, sometimes I don't. But the more you think about it, the more you kind of wonder, right? The more you wonder about all these, all these things that are going on with the moon and hearing that, like, I mean, you're talking about how many missions worth of astronauts have had these different experiences. It's not just one guy. It's like several right, people. No, no. We're talking about 12, 12 astronauts walked on the lunar surface. Right. And over like a, a, a long period of time, it's not just like, oh, they just went. This is like a long period of time in which this happened. So, you know, there were a couple of um, astronauts who who did a talk. Um, now, Edgar Mitchell, it was the most vocal, but he says he always felt that he was being watched up there. He never saw a being. But he felt that when he was on the moon that, you know, he was being watched and there was like, you know, things around, lights around and things like that. But he never saw a, uh, a, a extraterrestrial being. But he was sure uh, that, you know, the, there are extraterrestrials out there. He started a whole uh, organization around it. There was another astronaut who went to a hearing about uh, extraterrestrial life and like his believing that you know there's something out there that they saw too many things while out there and he wanted it investigated so some of them have talked about things they didn't um, come right out and say you know we ran into this extraterrestrial because they were under a disclosure uh, arrangement mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they did say I believe that there's something going on and we need to get closer investigate it um, without, you know, going to jail because they could have gone to jail. <laughs> In fact, I've heard that um, when you work for the agency, you have to, you know, sign an agreement not to talk about anything you see. Like so they can't long, like ever, right? They can't ever talk about it. No, no. So if we want to get to the truth, I think that the ETs themselves are going to have to, you know, we keep up our research, but the ETs are going to have to land and, you know, Fortunately, we do have people that some people that do come out and, and, and talk, uh, you know, year, many years later. Or we've got a lot of there's a lot of deathbed confessions, too. Right. They wait. Enough. Yeah, they wait. So. They wait till, till like they're older and their career's done and then they're ready to talk. Yeah. Yeah. They've seen um, domed structures are huge on the moon. Domes, domes, where yeah. uh, they believe that these domes that are over craters um, may be because uh, they're they're lighted domes. So there appear to be some sort of energy source underneath. 
Ooh. Get that civilization in there that's that's causing that that light. Um, another thing, uh, something else that's a thing, are bottomless craters. Oh. Um, yeah. So these craters, it is believed that uh, potentially are bottomless, may be openings inside to to get into the moon where ships can come and go. Mm, like it opens, yeah. There's a theory that um, there are false crater floors that, uh, you know, because they've seen, you know, ships like what looks like ships and lights going in and out of these craters and then, but they go in and, you know, then they disappear. So it may be a false floor in some of them. And uh, uh, the others are openings where you can go in and enter uh, the moon, just like, you know, people have said there are areas of earth that you can enter from the poles that um, like that, so that the moon, the moon has that too. You know, this whole thing, it may be a thing, this whole hollow theory, you know, for earth, for, for the moon, for Phobos, and who knows what else. Um, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm writing books. I'll let you know. <laughs> let me know. Let me know. It's so interesting. Daryl says, I've heard Dave Adair, David Adair say the reason they didn't return to the moon is because they left all their garbage, including dirty diapers, disposable waste, and we were bad guests, or humans were bad guests and not wanted back. Yep. He, hold on. Let me see if I can uh, uh, pull something up for you. Speaking of that. Yeah, he did say that. Um, I know who he is. And uh, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> here you go. It, it, this is actually my other book, people. It's my Moon Mysteries book. And I'm going to drop your link um, in the chat again. So, sorry? I said, oh, I'm going to drop your link in the chat for everybody again. So, um, Check that out. Along with what David said, is I, I, uh, I wrote, uh, due to humans visiting the moon, there is plenty of trash debris and parts of machinery to be found there. It has been predicted that there are around 400,000 pounds of discarded items and man-made materials on the lunar surface. Oh right. my geez. So, right? So, it's yes, yes if there's someone there, and I believe there are, of course they don't want us up there uh, dirtying up there their home, it may be a foreign country, a foreign country, meaning people are there living, they have a civilization inside, outside there, there are, you know, structures there, someone's there, or they've been there. We um, are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> We're the assholes of space. Right, I mean, right. That's what David Adair is talking about. Uh, and he may be right. He may be right. And we're warring, we're warring people. We're still doing primitive tribal wars in 2020, 2022. We're still doing primitive tribal warring. I know. So why would they want to associate with us? Maybe they're watching us to see our progress, but we're just going so slowly. We're going, we're not getting any better. We're, I mean, you like to think we are, but when you look, no, we're still fighting with each other. Humans. I mean, even like on a war level here, even just like on social media, people fight, people fight all over now. 
we do not get along. We are a violent, violent people or a violent species. We're a violent species. Why would you want? Think about this, right? I thought about this as you were talking. I said, what if, what if, so aliens come here, extraterrestrials come here, right? But do we see their dirty diapers and trash? If they're visiting us, they're not leaving trash. We are leaving trash. And that is pretty darn horrible. Yeah. 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 There is, there is a theory that Earth is kind of an exile planet for the time being until we can grow up. Well. And that's yeah. why they're not hanging out with us. You see, the... the, the, the uh, solar system the universe looks like it really is full of life if you believe all of the stories about the moon because the moon is just one you know part of it i don't believe that the moon is the only place that there's life in our solar system i believe it is being hidden from us i believe that they are avoiding us just like the the writer from uh israel said and uh, they're just waiting for us to learn some lessons before they can invite us in, you know, because like I said, we didn't get any further than the moon before we ran into someone. So I think they're not the only ones out there. They're waiting for us to to do better. I think, and I hope. I hope we can I hope we can get better. Chris Jones says humans are the cockroaches of the universe. They don't want us to spread. Right. I mean, as sad as it sounds, being a human, right? I mean, as a race, we're not doing doing so good. But Constance, <laughs> we're we're closing up on the end of the show. Plug away. Tell us where we can find you, where they can get your book. Tell us everything. So uh my books are on Amazon. Just write, you know, type in my name, the Moon Mysteries book. The it's an encyclopedia. It's very small, very easy to read. The Galactic History on Amazon. Um, I'm on Facebook a lot. Um, I have a Moon Mysteries page. So if you're on, uh, I put things up there, all all kinds of stuff on 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 the Moon, interesting stuff and. Uh, yeah, you can find me there, and um, my uh, website. You can, uh, you know, contact me through that. Um, I'm trying to work on getting being better on my Instagram. <laughs> I I know it's just I I'm like I'm like I don't want to I'm like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Twitter. and I'm Twitter, on, and yeah. then now people are on TikTok, and it's uh -huh. like I can't do every single social media i'm gonna stop it, it it is what it is i you guys know where to find me <laughs> well i do have i did put up a youtube channel um i need to get some content up i want that to be a thing where i can talk about the moon and some other topics so um, you can look for me there too um, hopefully next week i can start putting some stuff up well, I look forward to it when you start putting some stuff up on there. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for staying up with me late tonight. I know, I know it's late. I know it's late. I'm tired. <laughs> You're tired, you know. <laughs> Thank you. That's okay. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. I get to, you know, talk. <laughs> Yeah, I know, and I love it. I love it, and I'd love to have you back. You know, we talked about talking about Atlantis and something else. I don't remember, but I wrote it down. Okay. But, uh, 
yeah, we'll talk about it in the future. Love to have you back. It's always Thank fun to you. have somebody else from SoCal on. So it's like we're so close, <laughs> but so far, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for hanging out tonight. And I'm going to thank everybody in the chat tonight. Let's see, we can pull you out or you can hang out a minute if you want. But I'm going to say goodbye to everybody or you can go to bed. Constance, you don't have to sit here anymore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank okay. you. All right, guys. Let's see who's in the chat. We'll say goodnight to everybody. Tomorrow night, guys, we have Jim Hunt coming on. And if you guys don't know who Jim Hunt is, he's uh has a show called Knock or a show in Canada called Knock Knock Ghost, and it's kind of a a funny ghost story, a ghost show, and he does investigations. So he's going to be coming on and talking about some awesome, awesome entities as well, things like elemental shapeshifters, greys, and uh, I think he's going to talk a little bit about OBEs as well. But it's going to be kind of paranormal, so it's going to be fun. I want to thank Constance so much for hanging out with us tonight. I think that was a really fun moon show. I just got some really weird, uh, what do you call it? Uh, deja vu here, guys. So weird, weird, weird. But let's say goodnight to everybody in the chat tonight. I want to thank Sylvain for hanging out tonight. Angel Wing Zag. Zeg Skull, The Mandalorian. David Gosling. Chris Jones. Let's see. I'm going to scroll up real quick. Did I say Angel Wings? Angel Wings, <laughs> Blue Chicken, Paranormal. Let's see who else is in here. But thank you guys so much for hanging out tonight. And if you didn't say you were hanging out, I'm sorry I missed your name. Thank you to David Gosling. He says, love you all. Guys, I'm so excited. I love having fun guests like Constance on. And it's always great to have um, kind of a conversation that we don't really always have. You know, I like talking about different things, but we got to get out of here because it's getting late and the show's almost over. So thank you guys so much for hanging out. Oh, good night, Sarah, my flock. And thank you again for buying the show of coffee, my friend. Good night, Sarah. Good night, Angel Wings. Until next time, guys, we'll see you tomorrow night. We're going to have a lot of fun. So have a good evening, guys. We'll see you then. This has been the Jess Rogie Show on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, Fringe FM. Play a little song here on the Z Way Out here. <laughs> Wendy's two for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like <gasps> Dave's Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs, medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich, spicy chicken with a Dave Single, Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, if you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs, crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade, Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew. Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's on the card only. Single item at regular price.